an ironic media production. Visit us at ironickmedia.com. Hey, y'all, I'm Bevan. And I'm Brittany. Welcome to Be My Neighbor. Our neighborly duties are to provide real-life solutions and practices that elevate and inspire, but also remind us to not take it all too seriously. We're real-life neighbors that quickly learn that you simply cannot do it on your own, living in a competitive and fast-paced environment like New York City. Each week, we invite you into the apartment along with our metaphorical and literal neighbors to share advice on how we get through this thing called life. We don't just share the sugar. We serve up the real tea. From navigating relationships to building a career, we want you to recognize and embrace the best version of you. We want you to know that your crazy is okay. And that you're definitely not alone. Our door is always open. And we want you to know, we've We've got got your back. I love nothing more than seeing friends we've made do work go on to accomplish big things. I met Hillary Scheinbaum over the years on numerous red carpets, fitness events, and more. And she has contributed to national, regional, and online publications, including the New York Times, USA Today, Marie Claire, Travel and Leisure, New York Magazine. The list goes on and on. And you may have read her many I Tried This for 30 Days challenges or seen her speaking on various celeb-related topics as well. But in time with releasing this episode, when we debut it, her first book, The Dry Challenge, How to Lose the Booze for Dry January, Sober October, and any other alcohol-free month will be out on December 29th, and we can't wait. As we head into the new year, we couldn't think of a better person to come on to really get us into the right headspace, because we sure as hell do need it, even though I haven't been drinking as much as I normally do. Um, But (laughs) welcome, Hillary. We're so happy to have you here with us today. I am so excited to be with you guys. And that was such a nice intro. (laughs) Brittany is so good at an intro. She's just got a little skill set there. Listen, we combine things. I think it's over the years. Hillary and I met through PR stuff. So I used to pitch Hillary, I think, what, every two weeks? Every. Definitely. Two weeks. It was like. Brittany was in my inbox and I was like, hey, girl, what's up? She's (laughs) like, yeah. She's like, do I like this girl? I don't really know. Is she going to grow on me? Maybe. Maybe she will. Wait, did you not like Brittany to begin with? Oh my god! No, I really like Brittany. No, oh, okay. She's teasing. No, I'm. I, well, I'm just as you know, a publicist. Sometimes you can get annoying when you are pitching members of the press different things, and we represented. I mean, dog collars, I, literally like <laughs> the craziest shit. And sometimes it was like, why? Like you get these pitches, and you're like, why? Why are they? Why is this in my inbox right now? But at least then Hillary and I were able to grow a great relationship <laughs> from that, and see each other at parties and then also developed a fitness relationship too and got to go to a lot of classes together. So I'm just so grateful to have you in my life because you've always been there when we've needed coverage and good things and vice versa. So now it's your turn because holy shit, you have a book. A book. Oh yeah. (laughs) Who does that? Yes. In a pandemic. Yes. I (laughs) I know you're like the Taylor Swift of the pandemic coming out with this stuff. Only one book. I'm not promising a double header here. One is enough for me. So (laughs) we wanted to know, how did this concept of the dry challenge actually start? Can you fill us in from the the beginning? Yeah, it's kind of a crazy story. And my story actually starts in December 2016. So we're talking four years ago. 
And it was really spontaneous. I went to dinner with one of my guy friends. We hadn't seen each other in a while. So we were just, you know, catching up on life, talking about work and family and dating, all the usual things. And because New Year's was almost upon us, we started talking about resolutions, which at the time I never made them. They were just very off brand for me, to be honest. And um, he brought up this, this concept of dry January. And after explaining what it was, the subject was changed and I immediately forgot about it. It just didn't seem plausible for me because as you know, at the time I was very heavily writing about food and beverage and I was doing red carpets and also attending after parties. And on top of it, I was single. So Mm. like each of those things had some kind of drinking element to it. Definitely. Yeah. And you know, just being a New Yorker and networking, you're often meeting up for drinks and you know, what have you. So a week later, it's New Year's Eve and I'm at this party and I start texting, you know, all of my friends who aren't at the party just to wish them a happy new year. And right before the ball drops, I text my friend Alejandro and I initiate this dry January bet. I was sipping champagne, obviously a little tipsy. I was going to say, yeah, how many drinks <laughs> how many did you have this time? Enough that it convinced me that I was going to do a dry challenge and I was going to recruit my friend. So that's what I did. And he miraculously agreed to it. So we both agreed that we were going to avoid alcohol for a month and whoever lost the bet and drank anything could be a sip of beer, a sip of wine, one shot done. That person would pay for dinner. So in the end, I ended up winning Alejandro lost. <laughs> I won the most fantastic dinner at Momofuku Co. Oh yeah. Nice. Oh yeah. Mm-hmm. And to this day, um, Alejandro will never bet me anything ever again. Sure. (laughs) But I ended up winning so much more than that. You know, over the course of a month, my skin cleared up. I was sleeping throughout the night, which I, you know, traditionally didn't do. And I just felt like so energetic and happy. And it was during, you know, the gloomiest, grayest, darkest, coldest January. And I just felt so happy and upbeat. And I was like, is this what it's like not to drink alcohol? Are colors so, brighter? Yeah, exactly. <laughs> Everything just seems so much better and clearer. Uh, but seriously, okay. I just felt infinitely like all parts of my life, even, you know, we can get into it too. Like even dating was more fun. Mm. That to me was so eye opening. So that's how the dry challenge started. And the book is essentially a guide how to do it. And it's this whole accumulation of the questions that I was asked, the things that I experienced. And also just like the feedback that I received and how, you know, I reacted to it. So it's got tips. It's got a few of my own personal experiences and it's got some like really fun, like worksheets and stuff like that. So that's awesome. Thank you. So do you, how many times a year do you do a dry month now? Okay. So the first year I did it, I only did dry January. The second year I started doing sober October. The third year I did like a sober October and this past year I've done actually a couple dry months in between, Um, especially when like the pandemic started and things were getting crazy and I had so much anxiety. I said to my boyfriend, I was like, I'm going to stop drinking because I know that it's going to help me cope better than it would for me to, you know, grab a glass of wine. So, so when you start, is it like, you know, the first day of the month, do you end the first day of the next month? Or do you do like four weeks or is it 28 days? Or what's what's the number? 
It's a great question. So for January, I would say like, if you want to be a purist about it, you start exactly when the ball drops, you put down your glass of champagne, you pick up something non-alcoholic. That will never happen for me. (laughs) (laughs) Well, you know, transparently the way that my, my boyfriend did it the first year was that he just kind of stopped drinking when the night ended or, you know, the morning or whatever your night ended. And that's fine. You can do that too. Okay. But I would say, you know, wait until Feb 1. Like February 1st is really your end date. But honestly, like if you start on January 2nd or you start on February 10th and you go, you know, through March, like it's really up to you. And if you prefer, you know, a shorter period, do a sober February. Like that's totally acceptable. But you can really start anytime. And I would say, you know, 29 days minimum and like 31 days if you're, or more if you're an over. Gotcha. Okay. This is, yeah, this is hard for us. Not going to lie. I know a lot of our neighbors know we do enjoy, we used to have do every episode with a a big glass of wine with us. And we were like, are we sounding correctly? Like, do we, are we talking correctly? (laughs) It was the only, only the time that I drank tequila that I listened back and my words were like, like just a little mumbled and I was humiliated. I was like, oh my God. You're like, we have to cut it out. Yeah. Yeah, I was like, this is going to end. All right. So a lot of benefits that you mentioned too. And I think what you'll gain when you lose it, can you convince some of our neighbors, as I'm sure this is a hard topic to tackle for anyone, especially in the pandemic. I know you mentioned skin, you were talking about anxiety, like what are those specific benefits that you really saw? Here's what I tend to say now is that like whatever your goal is, especially when it comes to New Year's resolutions, I feel like a dry January can help you achieve that in so many ways. So if it's clearer skin, of course, you should absolutely, you know, consult with your dermatologist, but they're going to tell you too, like alcohol is not good for your skin. It's going to create like more fine lines, more wrinkles. It's going to cast shadows, which is going to, you know, cause the dark circles under your eyes. So you're just really giving yourself a better shot. Not only that, like other, you know, really popular New Year's resolutions are like losing weight. And if that's your goal, then just like take into consideration that, the average margarita is about like 455 calories, you know, even a glass of wine, it's 125. And you know, we're not just having one glass of wine. So all of those calories, never have I ever. (laughs) Right. Right. And like, I think that there are so many other pluses too, like saving money. I, there's a a statistic in my Mm -hmm. book and I won't give everything away, but you know, over the course of 10 years, if you have a moderately priced, you know, cocktail or drink. I don't know if I want to hear this. I don't know if I want to hear this. Seven's got to earmuffs this because yeah, I think she'd be on like a a safari right now. Uh, (laughs) Yeah, you would. With with friends. Yes, with with friends. Well, let me put it that way. Yeah. The best part about living across from Bevin was when, and you just start to know so many things about your neighbors, (laughs) even before you know them. Mm -hmm. And the best part before I even knew her that she was cool was the fact that I knew all the times that the wine guy was coming because I would hear, you know, and I was like, I would know the delivery or I would come into the hallway and she wouldn't be back yet from class. And there would be like a few bottles sitting outside of her door for the weekend or whatever. And I was like, wow, this girl seems like she has a lot of fun. Like, this is really cool. How am I not friends with this girl? You can be an overachiever on wine ordering as well. Sure, sure. But I I was like, you know, I got to hang out with her. I'd rather like drink my wine with someone versus, you know, Ryan wasn't home yet. I would be by myself. And 
yeah, it was just, it was amazing to see that. So you do learn a lot about someone, but I was also like, man. And then when she really broke it down, because we would look at our bills after the weekends together and like always Venmo each other back and forth and be like, wow, we just spent this much on wine in one, like two days. Yeah. How, truth. how long does it take yeah. to see or feel the effects of like the not drinking? Like, is it like after two weeks, you start to feel less anxious? I'm asking for a friend. Great question. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> um, I think it depends on the person, honestly. And it's going to definitely depend on what your consumption levels were before. But I will say that like between, I would say like a week and a half for me, between week one and week two, I, I'll just tell you back in the day, I thought that like my anxiety and just like living in New York was causing me to sleep like five hours a night. And I was like, that's totally normal for me. And it turns out that's not normal for me. As soon as I gave up alcohol just for the month, I was sleeping seven to eight hours a night. And as you know, like if you have a really terrible night of sleep compared to like, wow, like I just slept so wonderfully, like it changes your entire day, your entire week, changes everything. So for me, about a week and a half. But I think, you know, depending on whatever your lifestyle is, could be sooner, could be a little bit later. I did one time in grad school take 21 days, three weeks off alcohol. And I do remember specifically, like I sleep so much as I drink now, like eight to nine hours a night. Like I remember being like completely out to the world. Like no one could have disturbed me. And it was, and I do specifically remember my anxiety being a lot better. And there was a confidence, which is weird because I feel pretty confident. But if there was something about, I don't know what it was. Maybe it was just like the anxiety was gone. So I was able to like hold myself a little bit better. Well, that's something where also right now we would normally be at a ton of holiday parties, right? And even I know people are doing holiday parties, but they've got their wine or their their cocktail next to them because everyone's doing these virtual things. So we want to know some tips from you on how to fight temptation at all these social gatherings. So I think as far as like Zoom parties or like Zoom happy hours, the great thing about Zoom is nobody's going to know what you're drinking. Like if you're holding up a mug, you could be drinking water, if you're drinking tea, like you do you, you know, on a personal level, like if you're still craving wine or you're craving like beer or a cocktail or what have you, there are so many non-alcoholic beverages now that are on the market that have 0.0% alcohol. There are also some that have like trace amounts, which like doesn't really count because it like, yeah. it will never get you. you I'd know, be like mainlining it. <laughs> <laughs> like it doesn't count. Hillary I've told me it doesn't go. I've never, literally never have drank non-alcoholic beverage. It's so nuts because I feel like everybody knows like non-alcoholic beer exists, right? We all think of like that one brand, but there are so many varietals now. Like there are non-alcoholic Proseccos. There are non-alcoholic rosés. You can get non-alcoholic like spirits and it's not just like these faux gins or whatever it is. Like you can make a Manhattan, you can make, old-fashioned so and if you're really terrible at like mixing things you can also buy like free bottled ones and all you have to do is pour it over ice so i would say like be open to like new things i'm interested in that because yeah i've definitely been craving that's one thing that i've definitely been craving throughout these eight wonderful months of just you know, my old fashioned and everyone at restaurants being like, would you like some juice? And I'm like, fuck no, I don't want any juice. Yeah, I don't, I don't want, want empty calories. 
I don't, yeah, I, I'm sorry. Like I, I would normally like, no, but I am, I'm interested to see like what I never even really went into it, Hillary. Like I never even tried a non-alcoholic version just, just to see if I would like those things, you know, and yeah. just give them a try. So, all right. I'm, I'm maybe I'll ask the fam to purchase a few different ones and just try it out while they drink an incredible bottle of Cabernet. Um, <laughs> you know what? I know you're, you might sound like a little hesitant about it, but I will tell you this, you're not going to be hungover. So while they're nursing themselves like the next morning and just like trying not to vomit, you are going to be so happy. <laughs> totally. No. And that's something that's been different for me too, because I've never really experienced parties not that we're at a ton of parties right now, but just events. I've never really experienced that being so clear and watching others around me. So it's definitely been an eye opener. I will <laughs> say that's for sure. Uh, oh, yeah. And and yeah, you're right. Like even in the morning, even mm-hmm. though I would weirdly push myself after like going out till very late and you're a champ. I have a weird hungover complex. Like I've had it in college too. Like my girls would be dying and I'd be like, all right, I have to work at 5 a.m. So I just have to do it. And I'm at the coffee shop, like sweating and stuff, but I'm still there. I just push through, but it's much better and much nicer when there's just a clear head and you can get up and do your what you've got to do without the the headache or the, the sweats. Um, yeah, absolutely. Let's talk yeah. date ideas. So yeah. I know personally, Brittany and I both think that dating sober is so smart and such a great idea. It makes a big difference. I always believe this is what I think. I think that like, Getting to know someone, I like to do something physically active so there's no alcohol and there's no way that it could be a component at all. And then go hang out if I want to take it further or whatever. Do you have any great date ideas for people that are going to be excluding alcohol in January? Totally. I actually have a really funny story, you know, speaking of like getting physical and like being active is my boyfriend and I, we've been dating for two years now. We started dating basically at the beginning of 2019. But when we originally met in 2015, we went on five dates and four of them actually had like a drinking component to it. And one of course was like Barry's boot camp because hello <laughs> is me. So throughout like the first time we got to know each other, I wasn't exactly like sure where his head was at. Like I just couldn't read him. And I think it was, you know, a lot of it had to do with drinking. Sure. And when we reconnected, obviously it was during like another dry January and there was no booze involved and it was so much clearer on his side and my side. And so, you know, now we've been together two years, we live together. He's like my person. Um, but I feel like had we not reconnected and had like that opportunity to date without alcohol, then like, where would each of us be? Right now? Mm. Which is so crazy to think about. Yeah. And he um, was doing it too. He was doing it yeah. January too. So like we reconnected as friends in 2018. And so when we had started dating, I was doing my dry January and he was like, okay, I'll do it with you. Hmm. So it just like kind of fell into place. Wow. Um, yeah. But with that said, like, I would definitely recommend going to a workout class if it's available to you, obviously, you know, within pandemic, you know, safety measures um, or go for a hike or like, you know, go get coffee, like do something that is interactive because as somebody who was single for, you know, quite a bit of time, obviously throughout my life, like sitting across from somebody and getting to know them is great. And there's nothing wrong with that. But I think after a while meeting people and kind of having this like interview style, of like, where are you from? Like, what do you do? It kind of becomes redundant. And I think that like 
incorporating things that you actually enjoy that you would do on your own or like with your friends is so important so they can see another side of you, like a playful side of you or like whatever it is that you're interested in and vice versa too. So get out and do stuff. I don't know, build a snowman if you can. I mean, speaking of this crazy weather in New York. Something different. Bevan, you did that with Will. I mean, you guys, that was how you guys really met. Yeah, we, yeah, we did a lot of running, (laughs) a lot of running. That's like our second date was a run. And um, no, that was our first, first date. First date. Our very first date was a run. Yeah. Yeah, We met in the park and ran. Yeah. And we just connected on like, we knew immediately we had something that we both enjoyed doing and we shared in common. So we knew there was a thread there. And then also just like, Getting to see, you know, someone in motion and like you said, like in their own life, doing the things that they do, I think it's revealing and it lets you, for me, physical activity breaks down a level of uncomfort and makes me more authentically who I am. And I feel like my best self when I'm moving. So it was also selfish. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. My question to you, Hillary, is it's a hard thing because a lot of our activities do center around drinking, right? Like when we were doing what we were doing. And for those times where if you are saying to someone, yeah, I'm not drinking right now or something like that. And maybe you have a friend that's like, oh, you know, like what, what do you tell those people? Are there any, is there little tidbits of advice? Because it is hard to stand up to your friends and your group and even your family sometimes. Like it's just, you know, and abstain. But do you have any advice for, for our neighbors with that? Yeah, absolutely. So especially during my first year, because I hadn't made a plan at all. I just kind of did this, you know, spontaneous bet with my friend. Um, One thing that I thought was really helpful was obviously having a friend do it with me and having this bet in place. So I could, I had an excuse. I was like, no guys, I have to win. Like, I'm not, I'm not going to pay for a thousand dollar meal. Like that will not happen. And so I had this like reason to do it. And I also didn't want to like let down my friend either who was going through this with me, you know, until he wasn't. But beyond that, I think it was important for me to communicate to my friends. Like I'm still here. Like, you know, I'll still go to the bar. I'm just not going to have the same drink as you. And I'm still, you know, engaged in this conversation and this activity, but like you do you and I'm going to do me. And like, that's cool. Um, and I think on other occasions, it really fell on me to kind of make other plans that didn't have to do with drinking. So if my friends were like, oh, let's hang out, I would be the one to suggest something like, let's go walk in a museum or like, let's go to a workout class or, you know, let's do something else. Sure. It fell on me a little bit more, but I was totally fine with that. That's how I would get out of a lot of like for the people that I really oh, sounds terrible, but the people that I really didn't want to like hang with so bad. But you know, there was just meetings and I was going to a lot of meetings and stuff of people that I had no idea about or who they were. And for me personally, like when I want to drink, I want to be around my friends. I want to be around the people that I love and enjoy. So I didn't want to really expend my calories drinking with some rando. So I would make them into workout classes. I would say to, you know, I would just be like, unless it was, you know, a real friend and stuff over time, but like, I would just be like, let's do a class and then let's hang out a little bit afterwards and whatever. And yeah, that was, I find the physical activity a great thing to do if you're not sure of who you're coming into and who, what you're meeting, what your situation is. It's a great idea. I want to go straight into fitness. I'm so yeah. ready to talk about fitness with you. I don't even know what to do. I've been itching. I was controlling let's myself over here. Mm-hmm. So um, you've tried every fitness trend and class out there and you've done it in some sort of capacity that is not normal for when people are just like I, testing things out. Is yes. that right? Yeah. Okay. Fair to say. I am 
I'm a human science experiment for fitness <laughs> classes. So I need to know first and foremost, what is the craziest thing you've ever committed to? Oh my God. Where do I begin? Um, <laughs> okay. So let's like take this back because this is obviously over the course of like, let's say six years, I've done these 30 day challenges. And I do want to note that like out of all the 30 day challenges that I've done, my dry January experiment has been the only one that I've done twice or at this point, it'll That's be my huge. fifth year. Yeah. It'll be my fifth year. Yeah. Which is wild. Okay. I did like turn it up 20 with soul cycle. Yeah. I've done 30 straight days of Barry's boot camp. No breaks. That doesn't sound healthy. You know, I, I made it through. Um, <laughs> Your muscles don't have time to recover. Exactly. So there was one day that I did double floor and it's still like, again, not something I, I think I would put my body through at this age. Um, it was a couple of years ago, but I think it was also just like a lesson of like, Hey, you need to rest. You know, sometimes you come out of, I should say, I come out of these 30 day experiments and I'm like, this was great. This is my takeaway. Like this is, you know, what I would do differently, et cetera, et cetera. And I think, you know, specifically for something like that, where it was so intense, my takeaway was like, I need to rest. And also when I am putting out this much energy, I'm gonna, I was like consuming pints of ice cream on a daily basis. Mm -hmm. So I didn't lose any weight. I like, you know, maintained the same weight and it was fine and it was fun. And I got to eat whatever I wanted to, but it's the best. My body was like a little broken up. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. Um, I did a, a 40 day yoga challenge, but there was a day off once a week for that. Oh, and it, awesome. there was also like a meditation involved. It's very like peaceful. I've done like SLT for 30 days where I did it like every other day. So I did get a break. <sighs> yeah. I've done quite a bit of them. Was there There's one more. that was super effective in terms of changing your body? I think that the first one that I ever did was a fly bar challenge. And before I had, that was, this was like number one, like this was starting at zero. And I've always been an active person and played sports my entire life. So before the fly bar challenge, I was like doing my own thing at the gym and I had never taken a bar class before. Uh. And I saw my body like snap into position within like a week. <laughs> Get like, information. Yeah, yeah. Like it was like, what have I been doing? Yeah. You know? So I think doing bar like three to four days a week will absolutely change your body. Um, and that one was the, the one I saw the most you know, definitive results and pretty quickly too. I love bar. I, yeah, I miss it. I haven't done, I can't even bend down right now. Um, <laughs> so it's really, I'm, I, that's going to be the ones I think I'm going to jump back into for sure. Cause I, I, I really, right before my wedding, I was doing such a mix of so many different things, but bar was really good for me, especially coming out of gymnastics too. And like having that training, it just helped me like keep me aligned, you know? Totally. I will add one more thing to this. Mm. The silliest challenge that I've ever done, which I will never do again, is I decided to do 30 different workouts in 30 days. And I will say that is not something I would ever recommend for a number of reasons, including like mentally, like scheduling all these things was horrific. You know, they're all in different locations. That was crazy. But like, just on my body, like your muscles don't know what to do. Right. So like, don't do it. Don't do it. Not worth it. <laughs> Good well, to know. One, you have to try Recess by Bevan Prince. Um, 100%. That yes. is the one. That's the one. <laughs> it's yeah, the one I, that'll change everything. Your mind, 
your yeah. body, soul. And you'll be able to take a nice trip to North Carolina until Come the next location beach. comes. <laughs> That's amazing. Before we wrap up, Hill, oh, wait. I run, oh, go ahead. I yeah, have one we'll more do. question about fitness. Yeah. When you're not doing a 30 day challenge, what do you do for your fitness routine? What have you taken and put together? What's your formula? So right now I have an at-home bike and I do that a couple days a week. I'm definitely not like stressing myself out about, you know, how often I'm riding or how intensely, like, especially, you know, given the circumstances that we're living in, I just, you know, do it for my mental health. And there's really no other goal just to get on a bike and do something that's going to make me feel less stressed. And then I'll like lift, you know, very light weights here and there, but Certainly not to the extent that I was doing in previous <laughs> years and my last life. Yeah, you are the one of the most fit people that I've ever come across, other than like an instructor, you know, and oh. living across from an instructor. I, I, <laughs> but seriously, though, I just was always so in awe of you making it to class, getting to class, like being there. And then obviously it was your job, too, for a lot of these things. So Yes, you had to get your ass to class. But yeah, you always, it was, fitness has been a huge part of your life and your lifestyle. And I don't know, I was just always like, all right, if Hillary can get up and do it, I can do it. I can definitely do it. Just check in with me first because I'll tell you what, what not to do. <laughs> <laughs> totally, totally. We want to just ask a few last minute questions just about your book and what the whole process of publishing, I know we didn't know that it started four years ago, like this whole concept. And so, you know, for those looking and aspiring writers that, you know, you've been doing this for God knows how many years, but any pieces of advice for them looking to possibly publish their first book in the future? You know, I've been a journalist now. We're going on like eight and a half-ish years. And what I learned is like, Journalism is so different than publishing a book because journalism is very much like sprint and your book is like your marathon in terms of like journalism. And I would recommend this too, for like anybody who's writing anything is you need to write, you need to be reading other people's work. You know, nothing can be done in a vacuum. Even if you have the best idea, your ideas can only be enhanced by like doing your research and seeing how other people are covering the same subject because while I'm sure you 100% have your own point of view and you want to see like what other people are saying so that you can differentiate like your voice from other people. So with that, I would say like first do your research, like read other people's articles, read other people's books, like whatever your topic is too, like you want to be the expert in that field. So you're going to want to read up on these things. Um, So that's number one. Number two is I... I don't know like how to say like develop a thick skin. And I think it's, it's a really cliche thing to say, but as a journalist, like, and I've written for many, many publications, the amount of articles and Brittany, you know, this too, the amount of pitches that you will write, the smallest percentage is what you see in print. And that final product, even if there are hundreds of articles with my name on it, trust me, there are tens of thousands of pitches that it took just to nail down like those 100 or those 500 or whatever it is. I don't even know how many articles I've written at this point. And like, you just really have to love it. Like I I can't tell you the exact word count in my book, but it's definitely a little bit under 50,000. And so like, you really got to love like what you do because it's not something that you're going to necessarily write one time and then like put it away. You're going to go back and you're going to edit it. 
you're going to talk about it. You're going to have these conversations, but also like internal conversations, like with your publisher and with your friends and, you know, you're going to be doing this research. So I would say like, whatever it is that you do, your research. And obviously like, you got to love the topic that you're writing about. How long did this whole process of, you know, four years ago, concept started, when was the pen, you know, when did you start typing? When did you put the pen to paper type of thing to when it got December 29th being published? Um, I don't know if I can talk about that. Okay. <laughs> a long time. But a long time. Yeah. It's not, yeah. Like you said, yeah. it doesn't happen overnight. This is more of a marathon. Exactly. Also, just on a more personal note, you know, for writer's block, yeah. how do you get around that? I mean, is there, are there any tactics? Is it, do you write in a certain time? Like I just find, even though we we both write a lot in different ways, mine's more for segment concepts and like trying to fit that into TV speak and all that shit. But writer's block, do you have any advice for those that suffer from it? Sometimes, and this might, I want to hear what your advice is too. But for me, I like talking things out with people and just being like, okay, I'm trying to put this into words. And even if the person I'm speaking to doesn't have the answer, I typically end up like figuring out how to explain it just by like going through that process. It sounds weird, but it works. And the other thing is like, if I'm trying to find a topic that I want to pitch and I'm like, okay, I've pitched literally everything. I need to think of something else. I really turn to like whatever's going on in my life at that moment. And I know that, you know, other people are probably dealing with the same thing. That's good advice. Cause I just, I even struggle sometimes. Like I, I struggle to come up with blog posts or even like segment concepts and everything else. And then you're right. Sometimes when it is some of the things that are occurring in my life right now and are personal to me, those are the things that most people react to. Those are the things that get the most, you know, commentary messages, all the stuff. It's like, you're right in saying that. That's true. It's like hmm. the way of the world though, right? Yeah. The whole, this applies to every practice and craft, right? You have to exercise the muscle first and foremost, put pen to paper. And then in addition to that, you also start from what you know, like always come back to what you know and begin there. Like these are like also basic things that I do in teaching fitness and as an actor, like those are yeah. the key points. And it's so funny when it's your own thing, you can get lost in it and can't come back to the truths that you know that are right in front of you. But when you hear somebody else say it, you're like, oh, yeah, of course. It's definitely helps to have a, like people to talk it out with though too, because you just cannot do it on your own. Like I, when I was, that's been tougher for me during this time, just not having like a coworker right next to me or someone like to talk through the different things. And when we, and the Zooms are difficult too, cause you're like, all right, now I'm going to get off of this and then move on to something else. So you're still not next to that person. So, but I'm, I'm going to try to talk that out more with people that I know around me when that, when those blocks come into play for sure. So Hillary, talk to us about when our neighbors can get their hands on your new book and where they can find you. Totally. So the dry challenge comes out December 29th. It's available at Strand Bookstore. If you want to shop local. Ooh. Oh yeah. Yes. That's Let's fancy. Them, right. Um, it's also on Amazon. It's going to be at Target, Barnes and Noble, and a lot of other retailers. This and is huge. Has yeah. it hit you yet how big this is? No. <laughs> this is a really big deal. It's a big deal. Guys. It really is. And I, I just, I was on your list. Have you always kind of wanted to, to do this? Yeah. I, I didn't think that I would ever write a book about dry January. Obviously, <laughs> I didn't even think about dry January until, you know, 
four years ago this December, but um, I'm happy I did. Yeah. And I've always wanted to write a book, you know, ever since I was in middle school. So I think younger me would be really, really proud of me today. Well, you're going to be helping a lot of people. You really are. And making them feel more confident to jump on this bandwagon. And we can't wait to get it in hand and get our copies and promote and be on your team because we're really excited for you. And you have to now. Next thing is really, maybe we can time our trip somewhat together and go down and visit Bevan and jump into her class. Yes. Yeah. That'll be oh my, my next God. challenge. I'm reserving it for that. <laughs> yes. Yeah. Yes. Recess challenge. <laughs> Amazing. Yes. Amazing. Thank you so much, Hillary. Hillary, we're so excited for you. Thank, Thank you. you. Guys. Thank you for having me. I really appreciate it.